okay, I have this idea, but how do I actually do it? How do I start? When do I start? This is terrifying. What if it doesn't work, right? I had to come to a, a decision point of doing it and saying, why not now? Why is now not the time to do it? If there was ever a time to go and build something for women and to dedicate my life to it, it's now. I'm Amy Jo Martin. Welcome to the Why Not Now show. You know that thing you've been thinking about doing? Yeah, that one. Why not now? Have you ever actually taken the time to ask yourself, what's stopping me? Let's talk it through. This is your chance to give that idea the attention it deserves and take action. Each episode, I have a chat with a fascinating person from entrepreneurs to athletes, celebrities, my parents, rocket scientists, and all walks of life. We talk through a critical time when they've asked themselves, why not now? We dissect that day or even that moment, step by step. Our guest today is Amy Nelson. She is the founder of Riveter which is, on the outside looking in, it seems like it might be a co-working space for women, but it's actually much, much bigger. It's a modern union for working women. It is growing extremely quickly, and Amy created it as a result of seeing something that she needed that didn't exist yet. She knew that women with kids were less likely to be promoted in the corporate world. She was a corporate litigator until 2017. And then she decided, why am I buying into a system that isn't buying into me? And she decided to become an entrepreneur and go and change the game herself, make an impact, and create the Riveter. One of Amy's missions is to normalize motherhood. She just had her fourth daughter. They're all very young, her kids. And so she's got these four kids, but she continues to push forward and build her business alongside of being a mom. And she encourages that. She's doing this in a way that allows people to see how it can be done. And of course, there's no right or wrong way to do any of this. However, what I've noticed is that seeing is believing. And so For her to share how she's navigating her days with a newborn and with three other young girls while being a founder, an entrepreneur, a woman in business is refreshing. And it allows for me to open my mind even about how I'm doing this. And I think that that's one of the most refreshing things is that, you know, we talk about things But sometimes you just have to literally see it, see how the juggle works, see how sometimes the struggle works, and the beauty of this uh, coexistence. She literally demonstrates this through her social media presence, day by day, play by play, the chronicles of her taking her newborn to a board meeting, to an investor meeting, on a flight 
to go and speak at an event. And she shares some of the the things that are amazing about it and also sometimes the challenges, which is the truth. And it can be very messy at times. And it's also an amazing luxury to be able to bring your child and integrate your newborn, in this case, into your day, into your work life. That's what she's trying to help other women do as well. Amy and I also talk kind of lightheartedly about some of the conversations that come along with being a new mom and the opinions about um, maternity leave, about people maybe feeling like you're working too hard and, and or you look tired, and just how we've dealt with some of those comments and opinions that are being projected at us. One of the things I appreciate about what Amy is doing and what she's building is the inclusivity factor. So she, of course, is empowering and supporting um, this effort of normalizing motherhood, but she's also including men in a big way and bringing that conversation along and this movement along requires men to be involved because, let's face it, men have most of the power when it comes to the corporate world with the influence, the budgets. Uh, the, the power in general. And it's very important that if we want to make a shift, we make it everywhere, not just in certain areas. She's doing this in a way that helps everyone learn and understand a new way of potentially doing something. I personally have been extremely inspired by Amy and watching her navigate, especially this season of her life. And I'm honored that she is in this next boot camp, this Renegade brand boot camp coming up for the fall and look forward to working with her more. And I encourage you to follow her on social media uh, because she does demonstrate a new way of doing things and doing what matters to you and living in that work-life integration versus separation philosophy. We tackle the most taboo topics on the Why Not Now show. Oftentimes, you're hearing guests share things they've never shared before. In the spirit of things we don't typically talk about, you should know that the Why Not Now show is supported by Poopery, the original before-you-go toilet spray. It's magic. My friends at Poopery have literally taken the smell out of you-know-what. This pure blend of essential oils stops bathroom odor before it begins. Visit poopery.com and Why Not Now listeners get 20% off with code Why Not Now. That's all one word. And you can hear the story about Poopery in our interview with founder Susie Batiste. That's Why Not Now episode 28. Poopery is also available at Target. Amy, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. I am excited to dive in. Let's start where we always start in the spirit of why not now. Can you tell me about a time when you had a big decision to make and you asked yourself, why not now? We will just dissect your day, hour, moment, season, whatever that is, and talk it through. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I love this question. Uh, I think for me, one of my most recent why not now moments was really about starting my company, The Riveter. I was a lawyer for a decade. Um, I worked uh, in New York and then later in Seattle. And after I became a mom, I really felt like kind of the world shifted around me and how they looked at me. 
And I felt like I got a lot of questions about like, oh, do you want to work on this case? Are you going to come back after you have a baby? All of those things. And so I eventually decided I was like, well, maybe I should go out on my own as a lawyer. And so I thought about that and then started taking classes on how to start a business because I'm super type A and I don't have an MBA. Um, And those classes were held in different kind of co-working spaces. And I was really looking for, as part of taking those classes, like a community of women who I could talk to about starting a business or who were thinking about pivoting their career. And I just like, I really could not find it when I was trying to explore starting my own legal practice. And so eventually I thought, well, what if instead of starting my own legal practice, which ultimately might not be that interesting to me, if I'm being honest, what if I built a community of women that I'm looking for? And so I started to think about what that would look like and how it would shape and really kind of like wrote a business plan and thought a lot about it. Um, But I didn't know, like, I was like, okay, I have this idea, but how do I actually do it? How do I start? When do I start? This is terrifying. What if it doesn't work, right? I had to come to a, a decision point of doing it and saying, why not now? Why is now not the time to do it? And it was ultimately after the 2016 election that I figured if there was ever a time to go and build something for women and to dedicate my life to it, it's now. And so I just quit my job and I took off. I left from my last day of work and headed straight to a meeting about my new company. And, you know, it's been almost three years later and here we are. And here you are. And you are in, are you in seven different states? Is that yes, we are. Mm-hmm. And let's go back. And I want to get to, to Riveter because it's... I mean, full disclosure, we just not only chatted but have gotten to know each other over the last couple of months, and and it's so aligned with everything I am going through right now and organic to my life and with Lincoln is joining the fold. Um, And so we will definitely dive into that. But I want to go back to that moment that you, you know, here you are, you've built your career, you're an attorney, you have your first child. What are some of the things that were kind of swirling around that were allowing you to kind of realize, okay, this isn't necessarily the the situation that I want to be in anymore, or our culture just hasn't necessarily gotten to where I need it to be in order to live how I want to live and and have this combo. What are yeah, what are some of the things that that people are experiencing? Because I bet that will be very relatable to a lot of women. On the one hand, I looked at the numbers, which the numbers can seem very far from us, but when you start kind of living through them, you're like, ah, yes, this makes sense. And so when I say, like, go to the numbers, I was like, well, I know that women don't make the same amount as men, right? And I also knew after I had kids, like, mothers make less than women without kids. Like, the pay gap for mothers is worse than it is for women without kids. And then I also, you know, and then, like, women are less likely to get promoted than men, and women with kids are less likely to get promoted than women without kids. And so I started thinking about all these things, and I was like, well, if I'm in this system and it's not buying into me, why am I going to buy into it? I think that was, like, the question I kept asking myself because I wanted to work, but I knew that if I was going to trade the time away from my kids, because life becomes a trade, I think, a lot Mm -hmm. of times when you become a parent. That's not exclusive to mothers. It's for everybody. Um, I was like, if I'm going to trade this time away from my kids, I want it to be both meaningful and like, I want to be rewarded for it. I want to be paid. I want to, you know, I want, I want that, that financial reward that I'm seeking. And so I think like that was going on in my head uh, a lot of like, well, this doesn't make any sense to me. And I really had this experience that was totally crazy where um, I was on maternity leave with my second daughter and my boss quit and the gentleman between me and my boss and and hierarchy was promoted to her old position. And I went in on my maternity leave and I was like, Hey, since you 
were uh, promoted to our boss's old position, will I be considered for a promotion to your old position? And he was like, well, you know, we've talked about it and you just had a baby, so it's not the right time. And I was like, whoa, mm. like, that's insane. And, and also, like, these are attorneys. <laughs> You're I an attorney. <laughs> Lawyers are saying this to each other. What the hell are other people saying this to each other? Yeah. Um, so those are the things that were going on. And then I think on the other hand, you know, I mentioned like trade my time for something meaningful. And I think I had a hard conversation with myself that was like, I chose to go to law school 13 years ago. I've been practicing for a decade. Some days I've loved it. Some days I haven't. And when I think about my life's purpose and what I want to do, I want to do something that makes a difference for women and girls. Like that matters immensely to me. And so I had to head into a place where I could do that. It reminds me of like a conversation that keeps, or just a situation that keeps popping up in my life. And um, it's kind of swirling. And that is so many women are leaving their corporate fancy jobs and embracing the MLM, multi-level marketing, network marketing, whatever we're calling it these days, systems for brands that they believe in because they are making more money now. They're making more than their six-figure whatever income they had before. They have more freedom, flexibility. They can be with their kids. And it's just – it's kind of like a little bit of a flip-off to the corporate structure, but it's also – it's so much smarter. You know, it just works for them. And so there's this influx, like this wave of women doing this. And the reason I know this is I was, I've been invited to speak to a few of their conferences, and they're very progressive women. They're very smart. This isn't the old school kind of pampered chef Avon crowd, although they're great too. Um, but it's – they're like 17,000 people at these conferences, and and it's taken over. And so – I, I just – whatever innovation looks like in your own life, it could be entrepreneurship, it could be – and that is a form. But their word is on, out on the street that you don't have to do it the way that it has been done. And I really respect you sharing, Amy, your – you've had your fourth child now, and you're basically sharing what your world looks like, the good, the bad, the ugly, and the lovely, right? Because you're, you're showing – you're showing people what it really means to be an entrepreneur, a mom who's made certain choices, and you're mixing it all in to like a cauldron, and it's it's all together. It's not like you've tried to compartmentalize this, and I think seeing is believing. It truly is. And so thank you for sharing everything that you share. And it's like, no, this is really what it's like to get a newborn on a plane, and you're making it work, Right. Well, I think like to go back to go back to your earlier point about like the multi-level marketing or I heard a term the other day, personal service corporation that I loved because I think like, I think that these are very serious jobs that women work very hard at. It's, it's primarily women work very hard at. And I feel like sometimes they get a bad rap and it's like, no, these are incredible corporations that allow women to build their own businesses um, inside a really amazing structure. And I absolutely love them and completely understand why so many women are making that pivot to go work for personal service corporations. And I think it's awesome. I love that term. or I I just love the rephrasing and and positioning. It's so much better in the connotation. I love it. And one of the reasons I love it is that um, a friend of mine started a personal service corporation called Park Place Payments. Because like the payment industry is 99% men. And so she's like, women should be in it, which totally makes sense. And it's called Park Place Payments. And so anyway, but the cool thing about it is everyone who works there is an account executive. And when you think about a resume, and if you're, you know, say you want to take a job that's more flexible for five years while your kids are young, you could end up with a resume gap. 
But if you're working for a place like Park Place Payments and you have, you're an account executive, that's a real job and that's really meaningful. And I think like, as we think about careers aren't linear, there are ups and downs and how to stay in and how to keep making money, like things like that are excellent um, mm-hmm. paths to choose. But in terms of the, um, the sharing stuff, like I feel really privileged that I'm in a place where I get to share what I'm doing. And I didn't get to see a lot of the examples of like the type of life I'm living. And I want to be able to share with people that you can, it's super messy, but you can do the things that you want to do. And I like, we've talked about a lot, Amy Jo, like seeing is believing and it totally is. And if you can see it more then hopefully that gives some people some like, okay, you know, I can do this. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you're, and, and if you follow Amy, um, Amy underscore Riveter, right? Is that, that's your yeah. Instagram. Um, you will see the the day-by-day, play-by-play chronicles, and you're taking your newborn hall into board meetings, to, you know, your breastfeeding during meetings. You are on stage with her. And it's not it, – it just is fascinating to me because this doesn't have to be so abnormal. And um, just – it's it's a form of innovation, and it's it is what it is right now. You know, we kind of have to take things and meet them where they are. But what I really appreciate is that you're – you're having this conversation and, and sharing from a place of not trying to flip the other side off, but help them along and help people understand each other's side. Unfortunately, there are sides, I, I think, and and that's, I guess, the right way to phrase it. But you're, ha- you're having these real solutions and conversations. For example, the pieces that you're writing about how to have a conversation with your boss when you're pregnant, how to bring this up, tips and the the things to do, and also as a manager, how to have the conversation as well. So if you are in that more corporate kind of infrastructure, there are still things we can do to progress. You don't have to necessarily take a 180 to – and you can if you want, <laughs> but it, it's, it's like we do have to bring the system along because everybody's situation is different. We totally do. I think it's so important. And I think one thing too is it's super important for men to be brought along with us because yes. I'm ha- like it feels very obvious to me. Like nothing is gonna change in the work world or in American society really unless men are a part of that change. Mm-hmm. Um, men in so many ways still meter the oxygen is the way I like to think of it. They're in the CEO seats, they're mm-hmm. they're running the banks, right? And they're the majority of our, legis- our legislatures as well. And so I think it's really important to think about, like, how do you get men to be a part of this understanding that women can work and be mothers and do all the other things? Like, I still think we see motherhood as some sort of, like, distressed asset in the workplace, and it's not. It's actually an advantage. And so I think the more men can just see it happening, the more that they'll understand. Absolutely. And and understand how they can play the role um, versus... Not not having that true understanding and, and having solutions brought to them like like you are doing. And I do feel like especially uh, – let's just talk about the co-working space again for a moment. Or really this applies to anything in general. We love that good old pendulum swing, right? And it's kind of the um, – there have been, been so many things I know across my career where – it would have been easy to just make a hard right and say, that's it. I'm just going to go over here with the women, try and do it myself, whatever. Um, or if you look at the different movements that we've seen. And I actually think sometimes those can be more harmful than helpful because you are right. The power still 
and it will be for some time unless we see some major acceleration, is in men's hands when it comes to money, when it comes to influence, when it comes to a lot of different levers. And and that I think of co-working and one of the things that really attracted me to Riveter was you do allow men. And it just from a pure business standpoint, to be able to be a member there, I have to be able to to have meetings with men to do business, right? It's just it would be very irresponsible irresponsible for me to try and negate that. So I think that that's it's just a big statement with how you've set up the Riveter is that yes, it is a union for women and the things that you're doing haven't really existed prior. However, this isn't it's not exclusive. You know, it's it's so powerful to be standing and really sharing and empowering for something but not excluding at the same time. Yeah. And I think that's, it's a hugely important part of what we've been doing. And from the beginning, we wanted to be inclusive of all genders. Um, because like we're saying, it's just super, like, yeah. And from a tactical standpoint, it's so, like most women work with people of other genders and men. And it's like, you need to be able to do that work or like most companies are teams of mixed genders, which I think is really important because we always say that diversity be, breeds better results. And we talk about it a lot in the context of like getting women in the boardroom, but it's I, like as running a company that the Riveter is that is ninety percent women. Like it's really important to me that men are on our staff as well mm-hmm. because I need that diversity of opinion and thought, just like we need people of different ages. So, so yeah, it's um it's really exciting. Absolutely, I was in a similar spot too with my first company. We just attracted more women. I think our culture, for whatever reason, and there came a point where I was like, man. You can go too far once again on that pendulum. I need more. We need more men. We need that that diversity and that um, all of the different traits, masculine and feminine, regardless of your gender. But okay, so let's talk a little bit about good old social media. And as you've shared, you, you know, you continue to share your journey right now. What are some of the surprising things that you've come across with? really just telling it like it is. And there has been zero filter. I mean, you, and that's really what I appreciate. And I think that that's what's going to resonate and help move things along. I think like 90% of the feedback I've gotten is incredibly positive and makes me feel so inspired because I'm hearing stories of other women who are having babies and starting companies or, you know, staying in their career in the way that they want to and stories of women who are doing it differently because like, that's what they want to do right now. And I think it's really amazing to hear all of those different stories and to be able to connect with people. I so appreciate the ability that we get to do that over social media. I think it's special and it's a big part of my life. There has been about like 10% of the feedback that I get. I hear a lot like, Amy, slow down. You're not taking your care of yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting to me because, um, A, I think that feedback is super gendered because I don't think men ever get feedback to, like, slow down or take care of themselves. So I think that is just an interesting <laughs> note. Good point. Like, I've no one ever said that to my husband. Um, and then on the other hand, I think it's interesting because I know sometimes we talk about superpowers. And if I had a superpower, my superpower is energy. Like, I have a lot of energy. I've always been this way. Um, and so for me, like, and I also feel like in the postpartum period, for whatever reason, I don't know if there's any science to it. Like, I feel like I have even more energy and I'm focused. Right. And so for me, I'm just taking advantage of all of those things and living the life that I want to live and the life I think is wonderful for my family. Um, and so it's hard for me to hear, like, slow down, take care of yourself because I am taking care of myself. Like, do you ever feel that way? I mean, as a a mother now. 
Absolutely. And it's funny how um, oh, so many things that you just said resonated with me. And uh, one of the things is that superpower of energy. And same here. I kind of – I'm a fairly quick-paced person um, and also just – I enjoy having a very full life, right? And and so I think <laughs> just this concept of maternity leave has been something that's stressed me out a little bit where, of course, there are a lot of different opinions, but even people really close to you who want what's best for you, that you know they do, but they might be projecting from their own experience. And the opinions around motherhood and work and pace and you know, all those things, I don't really feel like they are very helpful. (laughs) And I try to be conscious of that myself, especially now having gone through it, because of course everyone's situation is different and there is no right or wrong way to do any of this. However, it's not fair to project what you think is right or wrong to someone else. And instead of saying, hey, slow down, I think a better question would be, hey, how are you doing? Like, how? tell me, honestly, how are you? Um, or, hey, you look tired versus, <laughs> hey, how are you feeling? How's this going for you? Let me know. It's just, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think that there's so much stigma around it to begin with. We just add fuel to the fire, and sometimes I think we're being helpful, but we're not when people say, you know, you need to slow down, you need to this or that. I totally agree. And it's like the, the guidance too, that I would want to give people, um, even though both of us are high energy, high energy people and able to do all this, there are still very hard parts about it. And I think it's even like more specific to say like, how are you doing today? It, like if people want to be helpful, right? Like, how are you doing today? Like, how are you doing right now? And you don't get that a lot. You just get a lot of like, you should do it this way or yeah. you should, you know, and it's, it's just hard. Cause again, like, again, I also think it's super gendered. And maybe I'm wrong um, because I live in this world of like great sensitivity to things that are gendered now. <laughs> but I do think that like I don't ever hear anybody say this to my husband. And my husband also works a ton because he's, you know, doing a million things and he loves it. That's who he is. Like that's who we are together. And and we have a marriage where we very much try to flip responsibilities a lot. Like right now, the baby's 10 weeks old. Um, I'm fully back at work and my husband's working, but he's working at home right now. And so we're, we're flipping travel schedules. And when we're both in town, we're splitting the day up with the baby where he has a baby for half a day and I have a baby for half a day. We're just like putting all the puzzle pieces together. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. If you are digging this podcast, please do us a favor and subscribe rate and review on iTunes. It just takes a moment and it means a ton to us. Also, after recording more than 100 episodes, I've created a bit of a cheat sheet on the top five things I've learned from renegades and how they get from idea to action, from dreaming to doing. I will email you the downloadable PDF when you subscribe to my newsletter. Just head to amyjomartin.com and click on connect with me. And you totally are just figuring it out, right? And sometimes it might be a little bit messy and sometimes it's probably super smooth and in flow. And who, and that's what I think is the key is there is not a template for this. However, seeing is believing in terms of creating your own. And that's literally what you're doing. So when, as it relates to entrepreneurship in general, 
what are some of your biggest surprises about, you know, having had a pretty, um, you know, specific path up till this point, up till three years ago, being an attorney, I imagine that's fairly structured and it's, you know, it's, it's got a nice box to it if you want it to be. <laughs> and then you enter this world. What are, what are some of the biggest surprises? Yeah, I think the biggest surprises for me are what has been hard and what has been easy. So, um, like, as an attorney, I didn't manage people. I, like, went in, I did my cases. Like, once a year, I got feedback for five minutes. You know, it was just really, like, mm-hmm. you are either on partner track or you weren't. And so now I live in a world where I have a big team to manage. And managing people is hard. And it is a skill that you have to learn. And it's really hard for me to learn that skill while I'm at the same time outwardly building this company. Like we've gone from idea to 80 employees in literally 24 months, which is fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's been hard for me to a, realize like managing people is its own job in and of itself, realize I don't know how to do it. And then realize I have to figure out how to do it. That's been challenging for me. I think other things that have been hard are oh God, the idea of competition, right? Because um, to the Riveter, there, there are other people in our space who are building amazing companies. And then there are a lot of other female founders. And I think there's this narrative that like women are in competition with women. And that is driven from this idea that like, there's only one piece of pie for women. And that's, can I, that's bullshit. Sorry to use a bad word, but like we can have more than half the pie. Men have taken more than half the pie for the whole history of the world. Mm -hmm. And so like we can, there can be so many women who are building amazing companies and making a lot of money and making change. And I think that, you know, women have to drive the narrative of change on that front. Um, but it's been interesting to me, like how people have forced me into this funnel of competition that I don't want to exist in. It's really like I'm, I'm building something different and I want to focus on what I'm building rather than focus on what other people are doing and then collaborate wherever I can, right? Because collaboration is so much better and leads us all to like the holy land where we want to live. So I think those have been two things that have been really surprising. I think the last thing that's been really surprising is what a one-way door means. I took funding for the Riveter when it was just an idea, and now we're venture-backed. And so there's a lot of focus on growth, which is great because I want to grow this thing very quickly, and I want to grow it big, not for the sake of growing it, but because I think the world needs it. But truly, like when you start a venture-scale company, it's a one-way door. And really, when you start any company, it's a one-way door because like I employ people, you know, their salaries rely on my ability and their ability to pull this off, uh, their healthcare, all of those things. A lot of them have families. And so you can't be like, God, I'm tired. I'm just going to take a month off. Like you don't get to do that. And that's hard. Like that's really, it's particularly hard. I think when you have small kids um, and that's been a, like learning truly what a one-way door is, has been an education for me. Interesting. So interesting. And it's, I think the romanticism sometimes around entrepreneurship is that you have all this freedom. And when actually, (laughs) I've had this conversation with a lot of people, it's like, be really intentional about what you're building if you're seeking a lot of freedom. Under, really define what that means to you. But also, if, if you're feeling stuck in the corporate world, you start managing people and being responsible for their livelihood. A lot of people don't refer to that as freedom. You know, that's, that's more responsibility. So, um, and so the Riveter, in terms of what you're doing, it just feels so much more like a, a philosophy and a movement and a way of life than even a co-working space, although that's a component of it. How is it more than that? Like, what are the things that you're doing to 
which I know you are, you have these things in place and also on your roadmap in terms of making an impact even that transcends your seven states and, and cities that you have physical locations. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when I started the company, it was never really just to build these co-working spaces, which I think it's really important that we have these physical spaces. But the way that I look at the Riveter, and I've looked at it for a long time and have just started really talking about it this way, but I've looked at it for a long time as like a union for working women. Because so much has progressed in the workforce, like robots can do so many things, machines can learn everything. And yet we still have all of these outdated and insane biases against women in the workplace. Um, And I just, it doesn't make sense to me. And it turns out you can't legislate bias away because it runs too deep and you can't, like, I don't think an algorithm can solve it. But what can solve it is the collective power of women and people who care about women working together. And I think you can solve, we need to solve for it on the political side, but we also need to solve for it in business and where women work. Because I do think that like economic power is a path to power in this Mm -hmm. country. Mm -hmm. And so we've really framed this thing up as a modern union for working women. And we do that through having these workspaces, which we look look at as like union halls. And in these union halls, you can work, but you can also gather um, for change. Like we opened our doors across the country to anybody who's working on efforts around reunifying families at the border. So we have people in our spaces working on those issues. Um, And so, and then we have events. So we do everything. We've had really amazing events with luminaries like Maria Shriver and Cheryl Sandberg and Ijeoma Aluo and Howard Schultz. And then we do a lot of day-to-day programming on like, and you would be the world's best expert on this, but we do things on like how to build um, a social media platform when you're starting your small business or how to raise money if you want to build a venture scale company. We have office hours with tons of VCs, um, venture capital investors, which is great. Um, And then we also have a ton of member benefits. So we've built out this set of member benefits where it's like, if you need childcare, we have offsite childcare discounts. If you need clothes, we have, you know, kind of like a a discount for a monthly clothes rental subscription. And we're working on really building that out more. And I think the final piece that um, we've really just started sharing with the world is the Riveter Media. I really looked around the world um, over the past two years when I've, since I've been endeavoring into the Riveter and I've tried to find a media platform that takes women seriously and that talks to working women about, okay, like you're doing it. We're not going to talk to you about how you can't have it all or how you can't balance it all. We see that you're doing it and we're just going to talk to you about women's stories who are doing it too. Talk to you about, you know, resources out there that can make it better. Um, And so we're building that for people and that's incredibly exciting. That is awesome. I love the extension and the impact. I mean, it it is truly so purpose-driven thinking about what you're doing for different causes and people to have a safe haven to go work and places to it's so inclusive and for every woman and male speakers too and just the yeah so all right changing gears for a minute here what's one thing you find yourself learning over and over again one lesson that keeps popping up a lesson that keeps popping up for me is this is, this is really specific, but when I get scared or fearful, I like dive right down into minutia and detail and tactics instead of taking a minute to step back and say, okay, what are you really scared about here? And is this like a real thing to be scared about? And I do it all the time. And so I have to step back and, and stop myself. And I am not at a place where it's automatic. I still have to catch myself. And sometimes I don't catch myself and I spiral into like the tactics and details very quickly. Mm, do you have any examples recently where you caught yourself doing this? Yeah, I mean, yes, definitely. Like I was thinking the other day about 
our future openings plan and how I was like, okay, do we have every city that we want to go to next year lined up and all the research done? And I got scared that we wouldn't get it done in time. And so I started pinging people on my team about like, hey, have you done research on um, what uh, fitness brands are in City X, which is like a very specific and ridiculous question. And I probably asked like 10 questions like that of 10 different people, like pulling them away from the work that they were doing for something that was like of no consequence on a Tuesday in August. Mm -hmm. And I needed to step back and be like, okay, what you're afraid of is not growing the way you want to grow. That's underway. It's going to take time and it's going to happen. And you need to like breathe and know that your team has it covered because they do. And Mm -hmm. so that's just, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's a work in progress. Mm -hmm. I love how self-aware you are though. Like that's, that's gotta be, that's how we iterate, right? (laughs) I will tell you that like growing a company at hyperscale, you have to get really good at learning what you're really bad at really fast. Mm -hmm. (laughs) because. If you keep repeating those patterns, it's just, it's hard for everyone around you. Yeah. And it'll show up in the business. It's like a big, huge mirror. Kat Cole mentioned that, like just the, the fact that when we lead, the results become a, a big, huge mirror of what we're doing because it's a lot of it is a setting the tone. Um, okay. So are you reading anything right now? Is that a silly question? <laughs> it's not a silly question. Um, I am actually right now reading... Reboot by Jerry Colonna, um, who is a executive coach. Uh, he's a friend of mine, and he wrote a really great book about kind of his journey and you know, kind of the emotional intelligence and thought leadership it takes to run a company mm. and other other things around that. And where do you find the time to read? Like, what are your and just to give everyone a little bit of a perspective here, a glimpse into Amy's world right this moment. So we are clearly not in the same place. Well, that's not necessarily obvious, but it is now since I said it. And I am watching her. She's putting makeup on. She's pumping. <laughs> she's holding the conversation. She's probably looking at the clock because I know you have an all hands meeting to get to. Um, and so, just for in- inquiring minds, where do you read? <laughs> so I read a lot. Um, there are half hour chunks when you get on a plane mm-hmm. where you're taking off before the Wi Fi comes on, mm-hmm. and I always <laughs> use that to read. And, and I'm on planes a lot, so that I get to read a lot during those periods. Um, and then I sometimes read in the back of a lift. I'm in lifts a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'll read in the back of a lift. Those are the two main places uh, that I take the time to read. Love it. Very cool. And time management tip. Do you have one that comes to mind? So again, four young kids, founder, CEO of a fast-growing company, time. I think it's like there's two things. I calendar all the personal stuff too. When I'm in town, which is the majority of days, I'm in Seattle where I live, and I um, block out time with my kids on my calendar for my team to see, and I try to do a huge chunk in the morning. Like my kids get up really early at 6, so I do like 6 to 9 or 9.30, and then I work late, or I go in really early and I leave at 4 and I do 4 to 7, uh, and then I get back online after. So, But I block it out so that nobody puts a meeting over it. And then I personally look at it and I'm like, okay, that's the time I'm going to spend with my kids. So I have it in my heart and my mind when I'm missing them. Mm-hmm. But I get to have that chunk of time with them. Mm-hmm. I think the other thing that helps me manage my time, because I, keep, I constantly get like peppered or bombarded with things during the day that I hadn't planned to focus on. And I go back, I write out, because I'm a big hand writer. I still like journal by hand. Um, I'm very analog. I was born 
right in between uh, Gen X and millennials. Um, we both were. And I write out kind of like my, my five things that I want to get done that day. And one thing might be like pay for my daughter's birthday cake, you know, but like there's five, like it just makes me feel better to write out five things. Or one of them might be like finish 2020 business strategy, five things that I'm like, I'm crossing that off the list. And I get a lot of joy of crossing it off the list, but coming back to that list really helps me manage my time. Love it. I love it. So just just to reiterate what you just said, I'm going to start doing this. Um, to be able to see on your calendar, like for me, Lincoln time, and, and just have that, and I know it's there. I know I'll do it. However, to physically see it on my screen, I think is a huge psychological just little hack to be able to grab that mom pride versus mom guilt and just remind yourself, no, it's there. I've got my roadmap for the day. He's on it a lot. And here I am right now wearing possibly a different hat in this moment, right? But I will be able to see. I love that. And I hope other people embrace that too. Um, anything else you would want to share as we're, as we're closing things and then also letting people know how to follow you? I mentioned your Instagram handle, but feel free to do it again or website, all that good stuff. Yeah. uh, Thank you. I mean, I would just say I'm really proud to be part of this amazing group of mothers like you who are showing the world that we can build lives how we want to and be successful at both parenting and work. I think it's really important because I think the narrative for a long time has been that you can't do that. I think the media pushes that narrative. I think like, I just think it's so interesting. And I think the more we see women doing it, the more other women will understand that it is possible and the, and that men will too. And so, um, I think it's something that we've really become friends over and I love that, which is amazing. And I would also love to connect with, um, more of the people that you're connected with. And so you can follow me, yes, on Instagram, but also on Twitter at Amy underscore Riveter. And then my company's website is www.theriveter.co and our, all of our social handles are at the Riveter CO, the Riveter Co. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you for doing everything you're doing and, and really normalizing motherhood more. It's, um, it's been refreshing to me as a new mom who's new to this club and seeing like, oh, you know what? There are some other ways and I could make this up as I go because she's doing it. So it really, it means a lot and, and it's important work for our entire society, not just moms. Everyone will benefit from the work you're doing. So thank you so much, Amy. And um, we're going to continue to follow your journey for sure. All right. Thank you so much. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to the show. Hit me up on social media to let me know what you think. I'm at Amy Jo Martin on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And I want to hear your why not now moments so I can share them on the show. Just send me a note to why not now at amyjomartin.com. For show notes and other offers, you can visit amyjomartin.com forward slash why not now. And while you're there, don't forget to sign up for my email newsletter for exclusive content and announcements. A big thanks to Rock Salt Music for all of the tunes by the talented John Coggins. And of course, a hat tip to Richard Gruer for editing and producing the show. I'll see you next time. And until then, why not now? Oh, 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 oh